It's time for Real Talk with Brian and Dan, the weekly talk radio show dedicated to discussing important real estate topics, plus insight into the local community. With a combined experience of over 50 years as local real estate brokers from the Eastside Real Estate Team at Keller Williams Realty Bellevue. Here's your hosts, Brian Levitt and Dan Edwards. Good afternoon and welcome to Real Talk with Brian and Dan on 1150 KKNW. There's a glow out there, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, that's right. When you walk into a coffee shop now, you're seeing moms that seem incredibly happy, dads that are incredibly <laughs> satisfied because it's back to school. Or is it pumpkin lattes? It could be pumpkin lattes, one of the two. But I just uh, ran into so many moms at the uh, Starbucks this morning. They're like, oh, it's great. The kids are off to school. <laughs> so they're definitely, definitely time of year. And I'm, I'm sorry to say, folks, summer's over. Summer's over. Oh, it's well. over. If, it's good if you didn't get out, yeah. Actually, my favorite, honestly, my favorite time of year in the Northwest is the fall. Because yeah. you get these oh, beautiful yeah. afternoons that are like sunny yep. and everything. And cool, crisp evenings. The stars are out. Football. Huskies. Ripe, ripe tomatoes. Ripe tomatoes. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah it's I've got a couple. I think we yeah. talked about that earlier. Yeah. i got a couple. Well, hey, listen. thank you for listening to Real Talk with Brian and Dan. Uh, it is September 4th, 2019. We appreciate you listening to us. If you would like to listen to any past episodes, you can find our podcast anywhere. Podcasts are podcasted. Uh, we have another fantastic show. We are very excited to welcome Jenny Butts with BNI Northwest and Barry Nia, an independent appraiser, home appraiser. That should be a really fun conversation. But before we get to our guests, it's always time for some real talk. Last week, we answered some of your questions about down payments. Today, we're going to give you some insights into why you should hire a real estate professional when selling your house. Rising home prices coupled with a lack of inventory in today's market may cause some homeowners to consider selling their home on their own. This is known in the industry as a for sale by owner, or as we at the Eastside Real Estate call them, unrepresented sellers. Unrepresented sellers, yep. FISBO, uh, so for sale by owner, acronym FISBO, FSBO, a FISBO might... um, might not be a good idea for the vast majority of sellers, and today we want to discuss some of the reasons why that is. Yeah, the first reason we recommend using a real estate professional is because of the online strategy. Now, we have been implementing one that's comprehensive. It covers hundreds of websites, and it also includes social media and broadcast media through our radio show. Uh, studies have shown that 95% of buyers, and if it isn't 99, I'd be very surprised. Oh, it's, 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 it's very close. It's Start searching online in comparison to <laughs> 13% read the newspaper. I haven't seen a real ad in the newspaper. All right. Yeah, I mean, actually, I have seen ads in newspapers, yeah. and it surprises me. Really? What? I don't why know would why you we do, that? do that. Yeah. I mean, really, you're reaching a, a, a different a fractional, audience. Fractional. Uh, very fraction of the yeah. audience. Not to, I don't want to speak bad about newspapers, but, you know, the most effective place to market is online when it right. comes to real estate. Right. So additionally, most buyers actually end up finding homes from the internet. A recent survey asked buyers where they found the home and they actually that they actually purchased. 50% said on the internet. 50%. Okay. 28% from a real estate broker, 7% from a yard sign, and 1% from newspapers. There's that newspaper There's the again. newspapers. Yep. <laughs> the days of selling your house by putting a, a sign in, an, in the yard and an ad in the paper are long gone. Having a strong internet strategy is definitely crucial. Yeah, and I think internet strategies now, when it comes to anything, like have you ever been on a, a you know, a certain local website, rhymes with Amazon, um, <laughs> yeah. and, and you search for something on there, and then you happen to go to like three other websites and that product is following you around? Right. Well, that's a strategy that we, we can use implement that. and right. implementing. So the whole idea is 
for us is to target the demographic. We've got a couple of homes coming on the market in the next couple of weeks, and we're actively uh, thinking who would be searching for us. And there's a, a, a great ability for us to actually utilize the demographics interests right. on Facebook to target a listing directly to right. a potential buyer. Our objective is to find that one buyer who's willing to pay more for your home than anyone else. That's so it. we very much target that buyer. So another reason we recommend not being an unrepresented seller is that there are too many people to negotiate with. Here's a list of some of the people that you're going to need to be prepared to negotiate with if you decide to go that route. First, the buyer. They want the best deal possible. Second, the buyer's agent, who solely represents the interests of the buyer. Third, a buyer's attorney. So in some areas across the country, you have to have an attorney approve all all, uh, contracts. The home inspection companies, which also work for the buyer. And then finally, the appraiser. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, they don't negotiate. Mary will talk about that. <laughs> so, they, I mean, there and there's a lot of different things. Like, if you consider who you're negotiating with, right? somebody on the other side of the negotiating table knows that your reason for selling without an agent is to save money. Right. And their goal is to, to take See, advantage of that. Yeah, and there's a crucial element here, too where the only reason a buyer shops an unrepresented seller is to save the money. There's an assumption right. that since there's no broker involved, they get it for less. But wait a minute, the seller's doing all the work to save the money, and the, the buyer's expectation is to save the money. It doesn't work. It right. just doesn't add up. Right. Uh, for sale by owner has become increasingly difficult as time has progressed. The paperwork involved in selling and buying a home has increased dramatically as industry disclosures and regulations have become mandatory. Not only will you have many negotiations to go through, you also have a lot of paperwork on your hands, making the process much more complicated than it would be with a broker. Can't I just do a quick claim to sell my house? Oh, don't even go there. I'm, I'm well, representing a buyer right now who's buying a for sale by owner. Yep. And so essentially all of the work falls on me. I'm fine with that. My buyer will be, do they are right very happy. Client. I'm doing yeah. everything right for my client. Mm-hmm. But I had the uh, um, seller actually reach out to me about, let's just do a quick claim and have them bring the money in. It's like, well, let me get this straight. Uh, there's a lender, you know, <laughs> and the contract spells out the, the form of. Uh, of well, and I think the, the important important part is I actually came across a transaction where the previous transaction was a for sale by owner, and they actually transferred ownership via quit claim. They didn't right. have all the rights to sell right. the property now. Yeah, if you understand what a quit claim is, it's all it does is convey any right that you may have. You know, Dan, I could quit claim this building to you, yeah. but too bad for you, I don't own it. I don't have any interest. <laughs> so, yeah. And so one last point here, you know, Fizzboeing has dropped from 19% to 7% over the last 20 years. People yeah. are figuring out that there's just, it's gotten so complex uh, that a broker really is uh, pretty much mandatory. So there was a study by Collateral Analytics that revealed um, unrepresented sellers don't actually save anything. And in some cases, they may actually cost themselves. Full disclosure, Brian. Yeah. Before I was in real estate, um, I actually sold my home for sale by owner in Linwood. Yeah. I thought it was smart. I actually offered 4% commission to the person that was competing against me, and I sold it for the price that I wanted. It got me into the house that I needed, right? So right. the result was good. But what I knowing now what I know then, right. I left money on the table. Well, and I've read that uh, there's so much more litigation against, you know, hmm. uh, seller uh, – um, <laughs> sellers who represent themselves. Yes. And you know what attorneys um, say about an attorney who represents himself? They have a fool for a client. For a client. Yeah. 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 It's not rocket science, but you know what? As If you've been doing it as long as Brian has, which is like ages when the dinosaurs, <laughs> um, you have seen it. You've been there. You've done right. it, right? So being able to save our clients, that's the whole key. 
Well, that concludes our uh, segment for Real Talk. We could talk for days about this. Up, coming up next, though, is our Mortgage Moment segment. Stay tuned after this commercial break to hear what the heck is going on in the mortgage industry with Michael Burdick. Join us right after this break. Not sure if now is the right time to sell? Worried you missed the market? The Eastside Real Estate Team specializes in helping homeowners maximize their equity when selling. With our proven premier listing service, our clients have sold their homes for more money in less time than the competition. We know you have many choices when working with a real estate agent, but with the Eastside Real Estate Team, you get a team of highly qualified, experienced agents. From staging to deciding if your property is market ready for top dollar. If you're considering selling, Call the Eastside Real Estate Team at 425-200-4093 or check out our website at theeastsiderealestateteam.com, a subsidiary of Keller Williams Realty in Bellevue. Tired of the same old conversations at networking events that never lead to new clients? BNI is changing the way the world does business by connecting you to strategic relationships that can help you grow your business. BNI is the world's largest networking organization, helping hundreds of thousands of members around the world each year increase revenue through relationship marketing. For information about visiting a BNI chapter near you, go to the BNI Northwest website at bninw.com. Alternative Talk, 1150 on AM, 98.9 HD3 on HD, 1150kknw.com on the web. Welcome back to the show. You are listening to Real Talk with Brian and Dan. I'm Brian. And I'm Dan. It's now time for the Mortgage Moment segment. Now, during this segment, we like to get a quick update on the lending side of the home buying process. And today we are joined by Michael Burdick, a loan consultant with Loan Depot who's been serving borrowers at a super high level over the last 10 years and was also splitting wood this weekend. Michael, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Hey. I mean, he can do your loan. He can, you know, split wood if you need it. Good, good guy. Go. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if, if you can put that out there that I'll do it for everyone. But oh, okay. <laughs> Just me, right? <laughs> he's not committing to it. There on the go. commercial break, he was committing to it. Now he's backing out. Oh, That's wow. unbelievable. All right, so let's get into some really complicated stuff. PMI, what is, not TMI as in T, Too but P, PMI. What is PMI? Well, private mortgage insurance, and, you know, it's not one of the sexiest topics with mortgage, but <laughs> it's something that comes up on, on every consultation that I have with a client, and it's ultimately when we sit down together, their goal is, you know, let's get the best payment. Let's, you know, I'm only paying X amount for rent. I don't want my my mortgage to be $2,000 higher. And, and really what we do is we sit down and figure out, okay, what's the lowest payment that we can, we can have with your terms, um, you know, your down payment or, and sometimes it's not the lowest rate. It's, it's the overall payment together. And mm-hmm. mortgage insurance is something that, you know, the, the mortgage industry puts on loans where you put less than 20% down. So most people know what it is, and, and they don't know exactly all the information about it. So I educate my clients on this is what I would be on this loan, and this is what it will be on, on this loan, and these are your options to get it lowered, minimize it, pay it off earlier. So there's there's lots of different ways to, to go about it, and when you sit down with a mortgage professional, they're going to be able to show you all the different options and, and come up with a plan that makes the most sense for 
for right. that client and, and their particular situation. You know, the thing I find uh, is that most buyers don't understand, you know, what the insurance is for. They think it's really for their benefit. It is in that they get the loan, but really it's insurance that indemnifies the lender against loss of default. default. Right? Yeah. So then the exactly. next question I get is, how much is it and how long do they need to pay it? Well, and and that's a kind of a loaded question in itself. And, and you're right, it it is an insurance for the lenders because just statistically people that put less less down have defaulted on their loans, so they will hit you with this extra payment. But, you know, how much that is, it depends on the loan program. Um, it's initially how much they put down, whether they're putting down 3% or 15%, that PMI is going to be different. And then, um, you know, their credit score is going to help us decide which loan to put them in versus, you know, FHA, conventional, and then we do have options on even Jumbo to put less than 20% down, but they don't have mortgage insurance. They just built it into the rate, so they're taking a higher interest rate on that. Okay, so just for our listeners, essentially what we're talking about is when you borrow money, you have principal and interest, right? Principal is the equity part of the, the loan. Right. Interest is obviously the cost for borrowing the money, and then the next stack on top of that is PMI or personal mortgage insurance. Private. Uh, private, Sorry. not personal. Private. Personal. Thank private you. mortgage Perfect. insurance. Perfect. Private. And then also stacked on top of that is um, your property insurance. Homeowners. Right, for right. homeowners insurance. And then also uh, property taxes. taxes. Right. So there are all the different layers when you're just, when you're borrowing a loan. There's a, there's a kind of a stacking effect. EITI PMI. P- what? Principal interest, taxes, insurance, and private mortgage insurance. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. yep. Got it. <laughs> so it's, and I think it is, uh, Michael, it's important, right, to kind of understand how that in, impacts your ability to uh, get the loan because that personal mortgage insurance payment may put you out of ratio uh, for um, your debt to income ratio, right? Absolutely. You know, people do their homework, they go on Google, and there's so many websites out there. Right. If you a payment, that's the really meeting with a, a loan consultant or, you know, and figuring out exactly what the total payment is going to be. That'll give you an idea more of your, your, your property search. Yeah. So, Michael, if our listeners want more information about this, I'm sure they can reach out to you. How do they get a hold of you? Go to Google. Look at Michael Burdick, Loan Depot out of Bellevue. Best number for me is 206-661-2289. Michael, thank you so much. Thanks, guys. So after a break, we'll be talking to our guest for the week. First up will be Jenny Butts with BNINW, who will be discussing building your business by building relationships. We'll be right back. Did you know when you pay rent, you're actually paying someone else's mortgage? Are you tired of missing out on owning your own home? Fact. Homeowners on average have 40 times the financial net worth of renters. The Eastside Real Estate Team has been helping many first-time home buyers find and buy their first home. They specialize in customer service and put you first. They listen first to what you're looking for and then they take the time to make sure their clients understand every aspect of the home buying process. If owning a home has been your dream, the Eastside Real Estate Team can help you. For a free, no-hassle consultation, call 425-200-4093. 
or find them online at the Eastside Real Estate Team. A subsidiary of Keller Williams Realty in Bellevue. Are you ready to select a residential contractor for your remodel project or custom construction? Have you been presented with a contract to review and sign? Well, before you go any further and before you sign anything, contact Douglas Schwed at Access Law NW for an expert contract review and a contractor due diligence investigation. We highly recommend that before you sign any major home improvement, remodel, or custom construction contract that you consult with a qualified real estate contractor attorney. Mr. Schwed has developed a proprietary 10-step builder due diligence investigation algorithm, which fully and completely documents any contractor's operating and legal compliance history, including litigation checks, including civil and criminal background, bankruptcy filings, licensing compliance, insurance and bonding compliance, and other relevant business details. From that investigation, a written report is provided highlighting all areas of concern so the client can make a fully informed, unemotional business decision before the sign and before performance problems and disputes arise. Go to accesslawnw.com to contact us or to get more information. That's accesslawnw.com. Tired of the same old conversations at networking events that never lead to new clients? BNI is changing the way the world does business by connecting you to strategic relationships that can help you grow your business. BNI is the world's largest networking organization, helping hundreds of thousands of members around the world each year increase revenue through relationship marketing. For information about visiting a BNI chapter near you, go to the BNI Northwest website at BNINW.com. Alternative Talk 1150, the talk of the sound. Welcome back to Real Talk. You're listening to, uh, well, welcome back. You're listening to Real Talk with Brian and Dan. I'm Brian. And I'm Dan. Here we go. Our first guest today is Jenny Butts with BNI Northwest. Jenny is the regional director for BNI Northwest, part of the world's largest networking organization. A former high school French and English teacher, Jenny started her own business in 2013 as a professional speaker, MC, and auctioneer helping professionals learn, grow, and give money in ways that matter. Now she helps almost 1,100 BNI members in the Puget Sound area build their business through relationships. Words are her work, and grammar is her jammer. Jam, sorry, just wanted it to rhyme. Please (laughs) welcome to the show Jenny Butts. Hello, thank you. Thanks for joining us today. So we talked about this beforehand. You had to come up with some hobbies because you work so hard. But if you had free time... What would your hobbies be? I have free time. It's a myth that I work that hard. Oh, good. Um, I Apparently, I was just thinking back over my calendar recently, and apparently one of my hobbies is going to Paris. No. Oh. Because I just completed my 13th trip. Is that all? That's all. Wow. Okay. So tell us something about Paris that uh, that keeps bringing you back. Well, it took 11 times before I even went to the top of the Eiffel Tower. Oh, jeez. And I discovered on the 12th time that you can drink champagne. At the top of the Eiffel Tower. And that's a pretty cool thing to say you have in your memory. Gotcha. Mm. So now that was your motivating factor to get to the top. Yes. Okay. After I went to therapy to overcome my fear of heights. <laughs> like, did you just crawl up a, a little ways each time and said, oh, I'm going to have to come back here? And well, the Space Needle was my penultimate victory. Okay. Once I could do the Space Needle, then I was ready mm. to go back to Paris. Gotcha. Oh, yep. my goodness. So we'd like to ask each guest to share with us a fond memory of the home you grew up in. I 
It's not a fond memory. It's actually kind of a terrifying one. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, this, is a house this is about, about the height. Estate, mm-hmm. you know? But it was about the outside terrifying. of the house. So maybe the inside <laughs> was a place of comfort and peace. The outside was surrounded by construction. We were the first house mm. in a new neighborhood, and mm. there were grasshoppers everywhere. And as like a five-year-old, I was terrified. So mm. going inside was a very pleasant memory. <laughs> there, you go. there you go. Where was that at? In Fort Wayne, Indiana. I'm a Hoosier. I, I guess in the mm. summertime, there's lots of... Grasshoppers. Apparently, there Apparently, were. Apparently, yeah. there were then. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So, all right, what is BNI and how did it get started? BNI stands for Business Network International, and it was started back in 1984. Dr. Ivan Meisner was a business consultant in Southern California, and he had just lost his biggest client, which, as it mm. turns out, was 50% of his business, and they were going out of business. And he realized, since we're talking about real estate, that mortgages still need to be paid. Yeah. It's a funny thing. Yeah. So he needed to find more business, and he gathered up the best of everyone he knew in any given industry, and they all met together weekly to give referrals to each other. And Mm. the idea spread from Southern California to now we are over 250,000 members in 73 countries. Wow. Wow. So how is BNI different from other networking groups like, say, the Chamber of Commerce? They're great together, but they're very different, and maybe that's why they work well. Mm-hmm. Chambers of Commerce, I've been where there are dozens up to 100 or more people at a Chamber of Commerce, and you might have three or four realtors, three or four mortgage brokers, and they you can join, come if you want. If you can't make the lunch, that's fine. They have after hours, all kinds of different events. BNI is very structured, and it works well with Chambers of Commerce, but each Mm. chapter only has one person per profession, Mm. and you are expected to come every week because it's based on building relationships. Yeah, Mm. and I've been a part of a chapter in Bellevue since 2008, and the the funny story is how I I decided my business, uh, you know, it is people too, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of folks that that, um, understand being self-employed or having a solopreneur uh, recognize that they've got to build a network. They've got to have right. people that are like-minded. And um, so I did a lot of networking with other businesses, right? And I, I, I went out there and I met people. Um, but what, what never happened was a deeper relationship. Mm-hmm. So um, how is it that BNI has really defined itself as being something so much more different than just business networking? That's kind of weird. Well, because it is based on relationships. Our tagline is changing the way the world does business. Mm. And I was at a conference in Bangkok in November where our CEO talked about not just changing the way the world does business, but because we're building relationships and we're not just having transactions and getting the sale, we might just change the world. And I love Mm. being a part of an organization that could do that because if I'm going to change how I interact with people professionally, that's sure to carry over in how they interact with people and wouldn't it be great if we could give to charities and feed hungry children and do all the things that businesses would love to do outside the bottom line? And small businesses, especially people that are passionate about what they want to do, right, are getting started, mm-hmm. don't necessarily have a school for how to become a great networker, how to build their business through mm-hmm. uh, leverage. And, you know, for Brian and I, when we do business and we send, uh, let's say, a home inspector or we send a window washer or we send a small trade <clears throat> they become a representative of us. Right. And right. so if there's no relationship there, Brian and I are constantly saying, hey, we've got to find people that do perform at a high level for us, not just because of us, but because our clients are being, uh, they, they view them as a face of us. Right. So that that's where that deeper uh, relationship. Um, how, let's see, how, um, 
how, what are some tips that you can give some professionals for being more effective in their networking? Well, I think when we go to networking events, I have so often just had business cards shoved in my hand because mm. people can't wait and they think you're going to go home and just call because you can't wait. But every one of those events, people go to sell and no one comes to buy. Right. So from the beginning of the event, everyone is at opposite purposes. Mm. <laughs> so I think you can never go wrong personally or professionally by asking questions. Good question, and I so. try to ask questions that are not something they've heard before. I love at networking events to ask, what is it that makes you excited to get up in the morning? Mm. When you say, oh, today I get to do blank. blank. What is it that makes you most excited? Because that usually reveals the passion they have for their business. And then you can talk about previous jobs they've had. And then it's a far more interesting conversation. People love to talk about themselves. Yeah, I've left events and people say, I just really like that, Jenny Butts. And I'll say, <laughs> you don't know anything about me. You like that I talked about you yeah. the whole time. That's right. Well, that comes That's back right. to how to win friends and influence people, right? right? Dale, Dale Carnegie. Carnegie. Mm -hmm. Yep. So how did you get involved with BNI? I was a high school teacher, as you mentioned in my introduction. And when my son went back to school and it was time to go back to work, instead of doing a traditional classroom job, I worked for a tutoring company on the east side. Shout out to my Pacific Learning Academy peeps. And my boss wanted me to represent her since she was neither an extrovert nor morning person. And these are <laughs> weekly meetings in the morning. And so I went in as an employee, as a French tutor. And I met such competent, strategic connections in that mm -hmm. chapter that I was able to start my own business. So after three years, I sat down with my boss and I said, I have time and energy to pursue your dreams or mine. And I choose mine. Guess what? Ah. Uh, she totally understood. And then mm -hmm. after three years of uh, representing myself in the chapter, this opportunity for leadership, there was a big leadership change in our region. And I said, ooh, I could influence and help lots of people with their mm -hmm. businesses. Awesome. and. It's been exciting. So what's happening with BNI here in the Northwest? Well, we currently have 38 chapters all the way down from Gig Harbor and Pierce County up to the Canadian border. Our northernmost chapter right now is in the Arlington Marysville area. And September is our month of leadership transition. Every year we have new leaders. So all of the chapters are getting ready to transition to new things. This fall or winter, we're going to have a couple of events called the Big Breakfast where all kinds of professionals who are not members of BNI can come and hear a little bit more about it and meet people and have some strategic networking opportunities. Awesome. So our topic today is building your business by building relationships. What are some important aspects of relationships that come into play with business? Couldn't that have a thousand answers? It could. <laughs> lucky so give for us you. Your top couple. Yes, lucky yeah. for you. I've narrowed it down to two. <laughs> um, I have found that shared values and effective communication are crucial in professional and personal relationships. Uh, shared values, because if you are facing the same direction as another person in life, you know that you can count on them for integrity and honesty, and you are going to share those values in how you do business or mm -hmm. who you choose as a spouse. Those mm -hmm. kinds of things are the foundational principles we build our lives on. And effective communication is so important because only 7% of our communication is the words we use. So if hmm. we can harness the, the energy behind our body language and our tone yeah. and all of the other parts that communication embodies, we are going to be far more effective in business and at home. Well, so how does BNI help with that? BNI is based on seven core values, the first of which and the most important that everyone knows in our membership is giver's gain. 
which is based on Zig Ziglar's quote that if you help enough people get what they want in life, you will get what you want. Mm -hmm. And so having such carefully articulated core values means that everybody there is kind of set apart from other business people who aren't in an organization like BNI because we do business differently. We try to help other people. I've never known a group of people who can't wait to make a connection for you, can't wait to help you or find a resource for you. And that really sets everybody apart. Well, along those lines, that's kind of the whole idea is as an individual, um, BNI from networking is not about going into that room and seeing who in that room I can sell my goods to. The whole idea is to go into that room and then train the other 20, 30, Mm -hmm. 40 professionals the type of business I'm looking for this week. Because when they go out into their network and they do their things, and they hear these catchphrases, oh, I hear we're getting ready, we have another baby on the way, we may need more room. Now they're a person that can actually say, hey, I've got a guy, and have the confidence that it's not some random agent, but somebody they know well. Right, I've mm-hmm. got a guy. That's yeah. one of our favorite lines. It, that's great, I love it. <laughs> so Jenny, you've been a teacher. What homework do you have for us in this area? Oh no. In other words, <laughs> what are some resources you'd recommend for good communication? Homework is just fun work that you get fun to work. do at home. Sounds like a teacher. No, it's Easy, good. Ladies. I have read a couple of really great books on communication. One is called Fierce Conversations mm-hmm. by Susan Scott, and another was called Crucial Conversations by uh, several authors. And that crucial conversation comes from a group. You can go to their website. It's called Mm -hmm. vitalsmarts.com. And they are a great resource for all kinds of accountability, communication resources for businesses. And um, you can hire a consultant or go to a class or take download resources there. Awesome. My book list keeps growing. Yeah. I love it. I'm reading like five books at a time right now. So if somebody was interested, one of our listeners had a small business or knew of somebody that had a small business that, that would like to get connected, how would, they, um, how would they find out about joining a chapter? The best place to find any information that you need is BNINW.com, BNI Northwest, BNINW.com. My phone number is there. My email is there. You can also find a list of all 38 chapters as well as where there are groups that are starting. So if you if your position is already taken somewhere and you want to start your own new group, everything you need is at our regional website. So how many chapters are starting right now? I would guess we have several down in Pierce and Southern King County, a couple in here in Bellevue, actually, one in Bothell. Uh, we probably have half a dozen or more new groups that are starting, always with real estate brokers. Yeah. Real estate brokers mm. know the value of the, That's right. the network. Interesting. Yeah, I think you'll find real estate brokers, mortgage brokers, uh, financial advisors, all are pretty solid with that. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So you answered this partially already, uh, uh, but how do our listeners get a, get a hold of you? What's your phone number? 425-246-2815. And it's Jenny Butts at BNI.com. All right. And so new chapters are starting. Um, they can contact you directly. What about your area directors like that handle certain areas? Are there certain numbers they should call or just go to the website? If they just go to me, mm-hmm. I will filter them to the right person because all the area directors are by geography. So okay. I'll make sure they go to the right area director. And the website is what again? www.bninw.com. Awesome. Jenny, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. After the break, we have in studio Barry Nia, who will be discussing fundamentals of real estate appraising. Stay tuned after the break for more. Not sure if now is the right time to sell? Worried you missed the market? The Eastside Real Estate Team specializes in 
helping homeowners maximize their equity when selling. With our proven premier listing service, our clients have sold their homes for more money in less time than the competition. We know you have many choices when working with a real estate agent, but with the Eastside Real Estate Team, you get a team of highly qualified, experienced agents. From staging to deciding if your property is market ready for top dollar. If you're considering selling, call the Eastside Real Estate Team at 425-200-4093 or check out our website at theeastsiderealestateteam.com, a subsidiary of Keller Williams Realty in Bellevue. Feeling disorganized? Do you have trouble finding things in your home or feel overwhelmed when you open a drawer in the kitchen? Does your house add unnecessary stress to your already busy life? If the answer is yes to any of these questions, the professional organizers from Born to Organize would love to help. Born to Organize specializes in general home organizing, downsizing, home sale preparation, and move-in assistance. Unlike other organizing businesses, we also have a full-time licensed carpenter to assist with larger system installations and handyman projects. In as little as one visit, Born to Organize can help eliminate stress and anxiety in your life by utilizing an individualized approach with each client that includes decluttering and creation of simple systems within your home. Born to Organize serves Snohomish County, King County, and is available to travel throughout the United States on a per-project basis. Jamie Bourne and her team of organizers are simplification experts and love nothing more than making a house feel like a home. Please visit our website at B-O-U-R-N-E, the number two, O-R-G-A-N-I-Z-E dot com. You can also call us at 650-274-4308 or email Jamie at born organize at gmail.com. Tired of the same old conversations at networking events that never lead to new clients? BNI is changing the way the world does business by connecting you to strategic relationships that can help you grow your business. BNI is the world's largest networking organization, helping hundreds of thousands of members around the world each year increase revenue through relationship marketing. For information about visiting a BNI chapter near you, go to the BNI Northwest website at BNINW.com. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Real Talk with Brian and Dan on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm Brian. And I am Dan. Our next guest is Barry Nia, who is an independent appraiser and also my fishing buddy. Barry and I have had some pretty uh, good trips. Not to share your favorite, Barry. Uh, Barry received his bachelor's in communications from the University of Hawaii in Manoa and has been an appraiser for over 26 years. He's here to talk today about appraisals. Welcome to the show, Barry. Oh, thanks, fellas. I appreciate it. Glad to be here. Tell us a bit about yourself and your background. Sure, sure. Grew up in Hawaii, lived there for about 25 years, and after college, moved to Sacramento, where I accidentally... I'm sorry. No, Sacramento. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Trust me. I was too, but it took me 10 years to realize that. But uh, moved to Sacramento, um, became an appraiser by accident. And never regretted it. Just like it. fall into it? Well, no, not really. <laughs> Worked next door to an appraisal shop or a company. Yeah. And, uh, you know, got to know them and became an appraiser that way. But I don't know anybody that 
grows up wanting to become an appraiser unless <laughs> your family member is an appraiser. Or oh, a, funny. You know, who, who hey, Johnny, up? what do you want to be when you grow up? Yeah. Dad, I want to be an appraiser. Doctor, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yes. Okay, so oh, before we get into the appraisal stuff, so this is a show about homes. Yeah. So talk to us about uh, growing up in Hawaii. Oh, growing up in Hawaii was great. You know, I grew up in a small little plantation community. My my parents uh, immigrated from Japan, and uh, we grew up in the sugarcane town called Eva, E-W-A. Mm. It's pronounced Eva. And uh, it was a tiny little house. And, of course, if you know the houses in Hawaii, they're not built well. Oh. And, you know? <laughs> and back then, uh, a 910-square-foot house with three bedrooms, you know, I thought that was pretty big. Really? Wow. And, yeah. But uh, little did I know. Um, but other than that, growing up in Hawaii was fantastic. The beach the weather, the people. As good as, as good as you would think it is? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, then you discover what we call the mainland. Which is here. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, here's reality and things are better. Oh, interesting. Yes. So you mentioned you you uh, kind of didn't intentionally start. Tell us more about how you got into appraising. Sure. Uh, after college, as I said uh, to Dan, that I moved to Sacramento. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I am sorry I moved there, too. But <laughs> other than that... Um, Worked in a um, for a car company to become a manager of a rental car company, and of course was next door to an appraisal company. It's American River Appraisal Company. Got to know yeah. the people there, and uh, they later on asked me if I wanted to learn and become an appraiser. And I said, you know, this has got to be better than what I'm doing now. And <laughs> sure enough, so I did give up two years of that and uh, became an appraiser that way, and I've hmm. never regretted it. It awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. So you were in Sacramento for 10 years? Yes. And then you moved. What brought you to the Seattle area? Well, first, uh, breaking up with my uh, ex-girlfriend at that time, I decided, well, it's time to move on. And a friend <laughs> of mine said, you should come to Washington. It's great here. And I did. And, of course, fell in love with Washington and mm-hmm. uh, worked in a hotel f- uh, the first year that I lived here and uh, ended up working three years in a hotel. Did not like that and went back and uh, worked as an appraiser. Hmm. Love it. And I, so far, haven't regretted that. Now, uh, if you could, yeah, tell us how the appraisal process works. Sure. Okay. First off, first off, we, you know, we, we don't get called by the homeowner, of course. Right. It's usually the bank or what's the, what we call the AMC, the appraisal management company that calls us and says, hey, we got an assignment for you. We want you to go ahead and appraise so-and-so. And of course, you know, we, we, as appraisers, we don't like to turn down jobs because <laughs> that, that could be the death of us, right? You know, we don't get to cherry pick our jobs. Um, right. And we go in and we do a quick, good evaluation of what the home is worth. And, of course, a lot of times we get confused as being the home inspector. Oh, that's you know, true. Right. Yeah. Yep. A lot of people time. think that we're, oh, you're the home inspector. No. And, then of course, going through the process of explaining who we are and what we do, the difference between valuing the house versus inspecting the home. So when before you head out to the home, do yeah. you do some preliminary work? Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, ty- typically, the uh, preliminary work takes about an hour, basically trying to find the comparable sales. You know, you, w- oh, you want to minimize the amount of trips that you take. Try to do it in one fell swoop where you can go inspect the property, shoot your comparable sale photos, Come back and type the report. You know, times money. You guys know that. You, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you're brokers. Um, so we try to do it. You know, the the better 
the research, you know, the better you do a, a better job, if you will. How so, long does it typically take for you to complete an appraisal? On the average, with the inspection, about four to six hours. How many are you doing typically in a week right now? Um, about five to eight. I don't, I don't try to do too many. There's a lot of appraisers that do a lot more than that. Yeah. And, and some people are, are really good at doing that, but, boy, you know, that's a lot of stress. That's yeah. full-time. That's that, busy. That, that, that is. Yeah. yeah. So with regards to, I think a lot of times people are, you know, Brian and I often will do a valuation and a market, um, market, cert, what is it? I can't market say. analysis. Thank you, market analysis. Yeah. And- how would you say an appraisal it has different goals than a market analysis? Well, first off, you know, like you guys, you guys are pretty good at what you do. And you, you guys, the value-wise, are pretty close. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's something like Zillow or Trulia, you know, their algorithms are not really that good. And, and a lot of people swear by them. And, and, you know, you can't really. Some people swear at them. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. A lot of, <laughs> well, that's why know. it's a zest but not as appraisal. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I always say... Um, Hey, why don't you take that valuation and see if you can get a loan with that, right? <laughs> yeah, good luck. <laughs> good luck, yeah. right. But, yes, um, you know, typically, you know, we're just a little bit more detailed than you guys. And, you know, and you right. got, but you guys are right on. Uh, you know, a lot of times it's the market that you know and you guys you know, yeah. do your CMAs and your um One of the things opinions. I've been told is a, a market analysis. I'm looking into the future to anticipate how much I can help the seller get for the home. An appraisal is a look in the rearview mirror. What have other homes like this one sold for? A, a historical view to establish value. That and, is that is correct because you know typically we're using historical data, comps from the right. last three to six months. So yes, absolutely. It, and and I think it's important for the listeners to know that you know it's almost like an open conversation. Whereas you have some guidelines that you have to follow when you're comparing something. Um, one that actually really surprised me, and I didn't know this, but I love this is what I love about real estate is above f- threshold square footage and below threshold s- square footage. They're valued differently. It's funny that you brought that up. A friend of mine just this morning brought that up to me, who just refinanced his house and said, "You know, I've got a house, and he does have a basement. In fact, he has two finished basements, uh, and the total square footage is about thirty-seven or thirty-nine hundred square feet." And when he got the appraisal back, it didn't include, of course, the finished basement. Like Dan, mm-hmm. as you said, it's valued separately, you know, and, and at a different area. In a different location, yeah. Exactly. So I, I said that I'll explain that to you later on. But, but that is a very common thing that people, you know, do, right. don't understand. Right? Yeah, and the, here's where we ran into trouble is it was a flipper who changed from two bedrooms up and two bedrooms down to three bedrooms down and one bedroom up. And it affects the value it of the final product right. because of the the bedrooms being downstairs below grade. That is that is correct. Yes, because we tip, typically we have to bracket every bit of our uh, you know our sales comparison analysis. We'll we'll have to find a one bedroom comparable because it's that one bedroom that is located above grade. Right. So we have to find a comp or comparable sale that is a one bedroom above grade, similar to what you said. Right. Yes. Hmm. So I've heard the term here. Go ahead. Oh, you had it. Um, licensed or certified appraiser. Is there a difference? What's the What's the story? Yeah, licensed typically uh, requires less educational hours and less experience hours. However, you can only appraise up to a million dollars or less. And here in the market in Seattle, good hmm. luck. For a licensed. For a licensed. Yeah. Right. As certified, you can li- uh, appraise anything, you know, unlimited. And you are? I am certified. 
Nice. Certifiable. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, we don't know about that. No. So cer- uh, certified requires extra education. What what qualifies somebody in that? Yeah, extra education. We're, we're looking at um, – I did write this down because I can't remember a lot of stuff here. So 200 hours of educational time and 2,500 hours of experience. Of oh, work wow. experience. Yeah. Yes, versus a license of 150 and hmm. 2,000 hours. So, but you've got you to hire threshold. What, uh, what areas do you cover in Washington? Typically, I don't go as far as I used to go 10, 15 years ago, and I mainly stay up in King County and parts of uh, Snohomish County. Other mm. than that, I don't go that far. Two counties. Okay. Yeah, that's plenty. And uh, most appraisers work for themselves or a company? They work for themselves. Most of them are independent. A lot of, a lot of appraisers do not want to cough up 40% of their fees to Go and work for someone else. Right. right. Don't new appraisers have to work under someone, kind of like a broker? Yeah. They they would have to work for someone for a little bit until they gain their experience. Um, But actually, once you're licensed, you can typically go out and work for yourself. Mm. Okay. But you got to get the clients first. Yes. Yeah. And who are the clients? The, what did you call them? AMCs are the appraisal management companies. And, you know, unlike you guys, you guys have to go and, farm a lot of areas and once you close and sell a house you're basically going back and getting farming. Yes, yes. yes every time i do a good job i get fired <laughs> you, that is true in a way right yeah but we don't have to do that luckily the work comes to us once you're signed up and you get approved with you know certain amcs or appraisal management companies so i like that aspect of it where i'm not chasing the work like you guys are yeah no offense to you guys and none, none no. yeah we couldn't yeah. do our job without you yeah so where do you see the market What's happening? I, I see it slowing down right now, and you guys would know better than me. But at this point, just by doing a lot of purchases, I see a lot of, you know, values that are coming in at list or below list. Hmm. I don't see any multiple offers, and you guys are probably seeing hmm. the same thing. Yeah. yeah. So oh, you've been you've been twenty six years in the business. What do you think this cycle is that we're in? Um. Uh, for me, I'm I'm thinking we're gonna probably head toward a recession. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, maybe after the election, but you know, it's just a guess, like okay. anybody else. Okay. And you know, I don't know. What Always do you guys goes think? up and down. <laughs> what yeah. do you think? Well, I, I mean, I think uh, I feel like um, we have lead measures as real estate agents. You're you're somewhat of a lag measure as an appraiser because we're out there projecting where we expect the home to sell in the future. Right. Right. And then you're validating. So. Um, are you seeing purchase contracts re- be reduced, or are you seeing an equal balance of purchase and refi contracts? Because you you do appraisals on both, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. I, I do see a lot more refinances right now. Okay. You know, and and, and, and part of that is the boom in the refi. Correct. And yeah. uh, the other part is season, right? Right. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And, you know, and, and the rates are are really good right now, so you know you you'll see a lot more refinancing right hmm. now. Um, yeah, other than that, the work is still good. It's plentiful, and I can't complain. Before we get into the next question, give me your craziest story of appraisal. <laughs> oh, sure, sure. One of them is, I remember this was uh, over in Cleelum when I used to go that far. Going into a house and appraising it, as I was in the house, I noticed a lot of photos of this one girl who was naked in every photo shot. And I kept looking, oh, my God, this is kind of odd. And I looked at the photo, and I looked at the homeowner, and guess what? It was the same person. Oh, oh no. Yes. So <laughs> even in the bedroom, every shot, whether it was on a rock near the river, it was her naked. 
So that was pretty. That's kind of uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> she yeah, was there in the house too. She was there, and, oh, and yeah. she kind of had a big old grin, and that, <laughs> which I thought was kind of funny. But yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, that was exciting. <laughs> Somewhat. <laughs> oh well. Oh. Hey, do you recommend uh, the next generation get into appraising? I do. We we have a shortage of appraisers here. Was that uh, right? Well, I think so. And in the state of Washington, and you know, unlike brokers, you guys, boy, how many brokers come in every year, oh, right? Yeah. Goodness. And, yes. I mean, the requirements are a lot more laxed now. I don't think that you need a four-year degree anymore. So a lot of people can come in and, you know, as long as they can get trained by an appraiser and an appraiser is willing to take them under their wings, then, you know, you got to. So then when you look at, um, when you look at stuff like how do you, um, what skill sets you would want to have to get into it? What's the key that stands out? Skill set? Um, just be open-minded about things. Learn to listen, L- listen to the homeowner, listen to what they have to say, um, you know, do your research on hand. That's always the most important thing. And, of course, be sociable, you know, okay. kind of like what Jenny said. Awesome. You know? So how can people get in contact with you? They can they can email me at btnappraisals at gmail.com, or they can call me directly, 206-979-9881. Barry, thank you so much for coming in today. You are listening to Real Talk with Brian and Dan on 1150 KKNW. Thanks, At- Dan. Thank you. After the break, we will have some more real talk and, of course, a final thought of some kind, whether it's mine or Brian. Come on back right after this short break. Did you know when you pay rent, you're actually paying someone else's mortgage? Are you tired of missing out on owning your own home? Fact, homeowners on average have 40 times the financial net worth of renters. The Eastside Real Estate Team has been helping many first-time home buyers find and buy their first home. They specialize in customer service and put you first. They listen first to what you're looking for and then they take the time to make sure their clients understand every aspect of the home buying process. If owning a home has been your dream, the Eastside Real Estate Team can help you. For a free, no-hassle consultation, call 425-200-4093 or find them online at theeastsiderealestateteam.com, a subsidiary of Keller Williams Realty in Bellevue. Tired of the same old conversations at networking events that never lead to new clients? BNI is changing the way the world does business by connecting you to strategic relationships that can help you grow your business. BNI is the world's largest networking organization, helping hundreds of thousands of members around the world each year increase revenue through relationship marketing. For information about visiting a BNI chapter near you, go to the BNI Northwest website at bninw.com. Tell your friends about Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Real Talk on 1150 AM KKNW. Now, we are now headed into our final thoughts for the week. Brian, what do you have for us? I was going to talk a little bit more about the for sale by owner, just to throw a uh, idea out there that something that Dan and I have done for years, if a person is thinking of selling themselves, we'll do a free consultation, walk you through the process, provide forms, and uh, basically you know, tell you all our secrets about how we sell homes yeah. to assist you. And, and the way we think of it is we're happy to do that 
it's kind of a job interview. If, if, if you try it yourself and decide it's not working, you want a list, then you know us, and we hope that you would think of us for uh, representing you, know, you. And the interesting thing about along those lines is I've, I've received phone calls from people that say, hey, I'm, I'm thinking about getting into the real estate business, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, during our last segment, Barry was mentioning, you know, getting into appraisals and stuff like that. And I have to say that I love this industry. I really do. And I welcome anybody, even a homeowner who says, hey, you know what? I can do this because quite honestly, um, I understand where they're coming from. Like I said, I did mm-hmm. it myself. And I just I think that that there are times where I know what I'm good at and what what comes naturally to me. And then when I try and shift and do something I'm not good at, like, let's say if I if honestly, if you ask me to be appraisal, I'd say no, thank you. Right. Because I have to sit down and be very you know detail oriented with regards to numbers and calculations. And for us, I mean, Ryan, we price homes. We do a lot of the similar market analysis. But there's a nuance. There's a marketing nuance. Right. And I love marketing. So that's where I like mm-hmm. to spend my time. And I'm happy to, like Brian said, share all of our secrets. Like, here's how it gets done. Here's and, what we do. And, and some sellers may decide that's the right way for them, and, and others may see the wisdom in hiring somebody that's a specialist in it. The other thing, too, is in helping a seller, you know, we view it as relationship building, if, it, if not helping uh, on this transaction, perhaps in next. But also, many of these sellers are buying a home, and we're delighted to represent um, them yep. as buyers in the purchase. So it is a win for everybody, and that's what we're about, is making this you know, uh, we're very relationship-driven, making it a win for uh, everybody concerned. So um, Bumper Shoot was this last weekend. I hope people got out and enjoyed uh, the wonderful weekend. I was out of town. But uh, this coming weekend on Friday, there's this uh, fun thing at the Woodland Park Zoo called Wild Bites. All right. So eating Wild food bites. and, watch, you know, watching animals. Sounds fun, right? So delectable bites, craft cocktails, okay, and exciting animal encounter awaits. Experience the zoo after hours while enjoying a delicious cuisine and cocktails prepared by some of Seattle's hottest celebrity chefs and mixologists. This brand new adults only event is inspired by their mission to save species. Each ticket sold raises funds to help save wildlife in the Pacific Northwest and around the world. Tickets are available. So Google Wild Bites Woodland Park Zoo. That might be a fun thing to do on a Friday night. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. So that concludes our show for this week. I want to especially thank our guests, Jenny and Barry, taking the time to come in today and to speak with us. It was a great show. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back for another great show next week. Until next time. Until next time. Until next time. Yeah, we should have something there. We should have something. Next time, this. Yeah, give us a call. Give us, give a us call. your ideas. Thanks for listening. Yeah. All right. Take care, all.